On today's episode of Relative Currency, President Barack Obama said this as well, um, said that, you know, it's time, you know, for those who have been able to do well and make it to find a way to, you know, bridge that gap and, and not rely on those who maybe are indifferent and don't care. Brother, sister, and cousin, we've been relatives for a while. We're chatting about financial things. We're doing it family style. Cryptocurrency, stocks and loans, financial literacy. It'll be that and so much more on Relative Currency. Currency, fine-tuning financial literacy for the middle class. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Relative Currency. I'm Frank here with Trefton and Alicia, and we're so glad you could join us. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and all other major podcast platforms. Make sure to leave us uh, a five-star rating as well as a review. We really appreciate that. Um, again, if this is your first time, definitely do that. If it's not, welcome back. We have a great uh, great uh, show for you today. Um, you know, certainly in the news, there's been a lot of things happening. Um, and one of the things we like to do, you know, on relative currency is, you know, not just share, you know, money saving tips, but really tell you how world news and things affects you uh, economically. And one of the uh, things that came out recently was the Supreme Court recently uh, struck down uh, affirmative action uh, in regards to college admissions uh, based on based on race. And so, while that might not seem like, well, how's that affect my pocketbook? Um, we're going to have a little discussion about that. So, Alicia, if you, you want to come in and just kind of let the listeners know, like, hey, what does uh, the ruling mean? Um, and, 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 and kind of how is it going to impact them economically? And, and why should they care? Um, because for many people, they look at the stuff and say, well, you know, it doesn't really matter. I wanted to start out just by briefly explaining. Uh, this aspect of affirmative action that was uh, being contested uh, during the recent Supreme Court case and then was struck down by their ruling. So let's say after Reconstruction, um, at which time there was a type of uh, racially conscious affirmative action practice, uh, when the North and the South agreed to reunite uh, into a more unified vision, they struck down that original version of affirmative action that had allowed uh, Black people to rise politically and economically at that time. And subsequently, you saw the rise of many historically Black colleges and universities and uh, a, you know, a second wave of prosperity that was not aided by affirmative action but then after the civil rights movement, um, a race-based a race -based, uh, affirmative action was reinstituted. Now, what did that mean? Um, it meant that applicants who were Black, um, and originally it was most pertinent regarding Black people because we used to be the largest minority group, um, our applications to institutions of higher learning that were not predominantly black, that were not for us, by us, um, were rejected out of hand because of, of our race. 
And so what affirmative action was meant to rectify was to bring us into consideration instead of us being summarily rejected just based on our race. However, alongside the reinstitution of a racially conscious affirmative action, propaganda was uh, started alongside it, insinuating that unqualified applicants with unqualified being a proxy for black uh, were, were to be admitted at the expense of more qualified read white applicants for places in university and uh, other institutions of higher learning. Um, at the time that this uh, reinstitution of affirmative action occurred, it was applied broadly across the culture, meaning that it was applied not only to education, but also to uh, jobs. Um, it went alongside integration and desegregation. And then other minorities benefited um, by civil rights ac actions that had occurred, as well as affirmative action, to the point where today the uh, biggest recipients of affirmative action are white women. Um, secondly, I want to explain that there are multiple forms of affirmative action. Affirmative action has become synonymous with race-based affirmative action, but that is only one type of affirmative action. There, particularly uh, looking at college admissions, if you look at uh, the Harvard case and the UNC case, I know very well as an Ivy League graduate that typically the Black population on any of these campuses per undergraduate class runs at about six to seven percent, and that has never really ever gone higher than that this whole time. Um, however, there's the affirmative action of legacy. So meaning if your parents, your grandparents, your aunt, an older sibling attended and graduated from an institution, that also gives you a leg up. And as it turns out, 25 to 30% of the class at Harvard is a recipient of legacy affirmative action. There's also a monetary type of affirmative action. So meaning if your parents are able to make a sizable donation, to the school, buy a building, fund a project, um, something of that nature. They're a benefactor to the institution in some way. That's also a form of defer de affirmative action. You can also include special talent. So for if you have an unusual talent, say you're a skilled harpist, that would uh, entitle you to special consideration. Regional diversity. So if you're Southern or Midwestern and you apply to an Ivy League school, that often gives you additional consideration because they have most of their student body coming from uh, the Northeast, uh, specifically New England. Um, so athletics also would be included. So there's many types of affirmative action, but in the American consciousness, it's, it's become all about one type, even though the minority population does not in any way rival the legacy uh, population on these elite campuses. But the Supreme Court ignored the other forms of affirmative action and said it is unconstitutional by their interpretation to practice a racially conscious form of affirmative action in higher education, except in our military. So 
that's basically what happened. There was a little bit of a backdoor in the ruling where they said, although you cannot be, for example, tracked by your race, so meaning in the olden days or what it's going to become the olden days, you would actually have the option to designate what your racial or and or ethnic background um, are on your application. And they're going to eliminate that, but they will allow you to discuss race in your personal statement. So whether race is inspirational, uh, transformational, a cross you've had to bear, whatever kind of uh, approach you want to take to it, you can use that opportunity to discuss it. And um, that could be a way that you could still bring that into consideration if it's you know, if you can make it seem to be relevant, given that it's otherwise considered illegal now to have that be a, a prime consideration. The issue moving forward is that um, with the likelihood that maybe it's going to vary from institution to institution, but there is a likelihood that you will see a decrease in enrollment of underrepresented minorities at these institutions, specifically Black Americans, Latino Americans, and certain um, members of the Asian American Pacific Islander minority group, which is a very diverse and not at all monolithic uh, minority group. There are certainly some in that group that uh, have achievement that exceeds white students on average, but there are also parts of that group whose performance lags uh, that of black students and Latino students. So it's a very, a very um, diverse group. And it's likely that um, blacks, Latinos, and those portions of the Asian American Pacific Islander population would see their enrollment decrease at um, predominantly white institutions where their presence dependent on uh, the engagement of the admissions committee to actively admit them. This would then translate to, in the future, fewer underrepresented um, or disadvantaged minorities being in the pipeline for competitive professions and jobs, um, missing out on opportunities to have higher incomes, missing out on networking, missing out on connections, missing out on any number of opportunities. So downstream, um, if this scenario is unchecked and runs in that manner, uh, it, there could be a net negative effect on uh, disadvantaged and underrepresented minorities. Before I turn over uh, for further discussion, I do want to again reiterate though, this has actually happened before. Um, initially during reconstruction, many of the programs that were occurring during reconstruction could be, um, could be recognized to be uh, affirmative action, so to speak. And it was overturned and we actually were able to still make quite a bit of progress without that. Um, despite domestic terrorism, racism, and segregation. So 
I am not as disheartened as some are, but these are definitely very real possibilities um, that will affect us. Yeah, uh, Treffin, do you have anything um, you want to add? I know you're in, in China, but just your perspective, you know, what, what do you think? So I, I mean, I've been reading about this also for a little while, but um, I've also kind of always been a little bit interested in Clarence Thomas. I feel like there should have been more that he said about this and he didn't really say too much. Uh, I guess he already had some issues that he was involved in earlier before this ruling happened. But um, I'd say that looking at race in China, sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's sad. And when it's, when it's funny, is when you have white people, I guess, in China saying like, oh my gosh, is that person discriminating against me? I can't believe they're doing that. And <laughs> um, it's sad when they seem to think that when someone is discriminating against them, be it a white person or a black person, that they feel like the best thing for them to do is just to ignore it. And just to say like, oh no, that's just the culture here. That's just the culture here. Uh, and it's not because there are laws actually in place in China that um, are there to make things better and easier for foreigners. And there are laws there against discrimination and things like that. Uh, no hotel in China is allowed to deny a foreigner to stay there, yet there are hotels that do it. Uh, every hotel in China, I think there's a law started something like 2012. Uh, every hotel in China is required to have the documents, the the hardware, the, the software and stuff to admit a foreigner. Um, but anyway, back to Clarence Thomas, I, I feel like he, he should have said more and not saying anything and not having him maybe give his opinion was probably one of the biggest problems with this ruling is not actually knowing what he's thinking. But uh, and I, I kind of feel like he felt like affirmative action kind of hurt him. He felt like affirmative action was something that made him look weaker or, or not as qualified as maybe his white counterparts at the time. So, I mean, I, I'd love to hear his own opinion about it, but um, I, I think he thinks in some way that he's helping Black people in not just not saying that he spearheaded this per se, but I think he thinks he's helping black people by this happening. And I think that there might be some people in communities that do think this because maybe they haven't seen people in black communities that are struggling and things like that. So I do think it's really important that we have more people, not just black people, but more minorities actually speaking up, the minorities that uh, are affected by this. So. Um, as you said, it's not just about Black people. It's about uh, minorities, it extends to Hispanics, it even extends to Chinese. Um, and there's always been, uh, well, very recently, because of the high enrollment of Chinese, there have been a lot of uh, limits on how many Chinese students could be enrolled. And that's something that a lot of Chinese seem to have a problem with. But um, they're coming from a more financial, stable place. So... I think Elisa was saying that they didn't get rid of the affirmative action for uh, the legacy stuff where if you're donating a certain amount of money, your enrollment's guaranteed. 
Uh, and I'm not saying all Chinese can do this. There's, there's definitely a small percent that can, but um, there are some that, uh, as far as donations to the school, that's no problem for them. That's no problem for them to get their kids uh, admitted and things like that. And that's that's not fair. More than anything, you know, you, we're seeing discrimination being a problem, you know, worldwide. Um, and and I think that in regards to Clarence Thomas, like his his personal story, I think his his inability to pass his personal story hurts the greater good of people who actually need help. And I think that's the point of why it existed um, or why, you know, why it existed at least for race based. It, now it's being kind of taken down. I think what we can look look forward to is I know Charles Barkley, who is an alumni of Auburn University, has now uh, earmarked in his will $5 million for Black students. And so I think what we're going to see, and President Barack Obama said this as well, um, said that, you know, it's time, you know, for those who have been able to do well and make it to find a way to, you know, bridge that gap and, and not rely on those who maybe are indifferent and don't care. You know, there there is enough Black wealth to, I'm not saying offset everything, but there's certainly more than there was, you know, previously. So I think I think that's what kind of the president, former President Obama was saying. And I think that's for all of us, you know, at least for, for myself, you know, definitely keeping that in mind. How can we you know, not just say, hey, there's a wealth gap. Oh, boo-hoo, it's never going to get right. What can we do? And so this kind of episode tonight is just like for the understanding of, hey, be looking for ways to be a benefactor to your race, to, you know, help people uh, who are less than. Understanding that while the courts might say one thing and corporate America might say one thing, you know that th things are better when everybody is able to advance, everybody's able to have a place to to do their best and right now this country doesn't allow that as often as it should but um there are avenues and things and i think we've kind of discussed that you know a, a little bit and so i just you know want to leave the listeners with you know as as alicia said this has happened before and so it's, we don't want to paint a picture of doom and gloom but we also want to paint the reality of this doesn't help the current circumstances with wealth gaps with things it doesn't help may not help you know if you if, you know but what it will and may do is expand things like HBCU enrollment and also innovation now that things are, you're looking at a new media happening, right? People at ESPN are getting fired. People are like, hey, I got my own podcast. Like literally people are making revenue and money without the institutions that they're not at the behest of people saying, well, you hire me. So I think at, even, even in this ruling, it's time for more innovation and not time for, you know, uh, desperation or anything like that. So just kind of want to end with that. Um, again, want to encourage our listeners, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, all other major podcast platforms. Want to thank Alicia for her uh, great breakdown. Again, go back and listen to that because I didn't even necessarily know the history of all those things. And I think that's really important when you hear these rulings. And thank you again, Treffin, for the international perspective, which most people don't even think about. You know, there's, there's, you know, there's, there's a struggle everywhere uh, for it for people so just hearing that is always enlightening so again i want to thank all the listeners we love you for treffin alicia i'm frank we'll see you guys very soon on an episode of relative currency thank you for listening to relative currency please subscribe to the podcast on itunes google play stitcher and other major podcast platforms